Welcome to the Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson. And I'm Caleb Oaks. Hey, Caleb, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So we've got a a kind of a different topic today. It's not not exactly a data or BI topic. Uh, It's more related to our business here at Blue Margin, and uh, it's, it's related to how we bill. And we've had such a sort of a uh, seeing the light for ourselves here at Blue Margin around how we bill. And we just kind of wanted to share it because there may be other people that would benefit. And this is around going from time and materials billing to fixed price billing. Uh, it's something that we first started thinking about probably a year ago and then really started moving in earnest to the beginning of this year, you know, seven months ago. And then probably about four or five months ago, really made the switch. And we're never going back. We're not looking back. It's got such benefits for both our clients and our company that we thought it would be an interesting thing to to talk through. So why don't we start with talking about time and materials billing? Everybody's familiar with this. You negotiate a, a price per hour. Um, the, the The service provider goes off and does that work, tells you how many hours, you pay for it. Um, but let's actually describe what our process was like here because – there's a lot of moving parts to do that, right? There is. And there's going to be vendors that do it differently, but this is how we did it. We, you know, we would estimate the project. So we would go uh, say, I think this task is going to take me this long. That task is going to take me this long. We'd have project plans with 50 tasks in them, um, each with a uh, duration and hours assigned to it. Uh, that would give us a total amount of hours. And then we would ultimately just divide that by something that we did uh, called a blended rate. So for our senior resources and our standard resources, um, there was a blended rate between the two of them and multiply the hours. And that was your final price. Um, and final has got a big caveat. Well, it's, it. an, it's an estimated it's an price, estimate. right? Yeah, yeah. It's not a price. It's not really a price at all. It's just, it's just an estimate. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, uh, and so that essentially that would become what we would um, set out to do. Uh, and then we would execute against that project plan, watch the hours on each of the tasks. Uh, we developed a whole system in-house. Looking back on it, it's kind of crazy. But It was a Rube Goldberg machine, machine to keep track of it and predict whether we were going to come in on estimate or whether we were trending over and where we were on timeline. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We actually created some proprietary tools around <laughs> tracking our time to project plan tasks. Um, so if anybody out there is listening that has Smartsheet, no co-time tracking, um, <laughs> we've got the solution for you. <laughs> Give us a call. We'd be happy to talk you through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, but we don't do that anymore. Um, anyway, that's that's how it worked. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, the details behind that around tracking time and each of our engineers running timers on their computers. And if you came by to talk to them, them stopping the timer and maybe having to jump to a different project and starting that timer and then coming back and closing them out and then making entries at the end of the day to give detail of what they spent this 18 minutes on and and that three hours on and so on. Um, It was a lot of overhead, a lot. It was, yeah, very time consuming. And, you know, kind of stressful too. If you had two hours left on this task and you're like, I don't know if I can get this done, you're kind of scrambling. Uh, and, you know, I, I speak from experience that we've had people just not log their time, right. And, and do the work because they didn't want to have to deal with going over budget. Yeah. Yeah. So 
There were a lot of reasons that we didn't love time of material spilling. I think another big one is it just doesn't seem fair in the commerce. I mean, you've got a situation where if the project doesn't go well and takes longer than what we estimated, we get paid more for that. The client pays more for that. And because it's time of materials, we tended not to be as strict about scope creep and making sure that we finished a project on time, scope done, and then move to the next project. You know, it was, it was so easy for a client to say, hey, can we just throw another couple pages in that report? Or can you pull this other table from the data source? And of course, we were happy to do it because it was more work for us. Um, we could do a change order. We'd bill more. But now the project's extending past the original uh, completion date. There may be stakeholders behind the scenes at the client that are waiting for this and don't really understand about the delay. It, it just it just seemed like our incentives were misaligned. Yeah. And you could make an argument that, you know, adding a couple pages to a report is a good thing to do. But that's if you look at that in isolation. If you think about everything else that the client may have had on their plates, and they're delaying other things that may be much more valuable, um, but we're just kind of going along with, all right, yeah, we'll add some more pages. Uh, meanwhile, we're pushing off this something that could be much more valuable. Um, it's much better to do go about it that way, right? No, this is done. We're done here. This is good. Like, let's move on to the next thing you have to do. Yeah, and and I can tell you the response from our clients has been very positive. I think we've had our happiest final deliveries under fixed pricing than we ever did under time of materials. And we had very happy clients under time of materials, but it's just better. So I'm kind of getting ahead. Let's let's talk about what our process looks like under a fixed project, fixed price project. Mm-hmm. So under fixed price, we've started to do a design phase up front to where we're going to kind of understand the goals behind the project, what we want to do, do some data discovery, understand kind of the landscape of the project and and what we're trying to get out of it. Uh, and that's, that's at a fixed price. Um, and that, I, I just can't say enough how good that is, especially during that planning phase, because we can spend as much time as we need to, to get that right. Um, we can also take as little time as we need to, and we're not incentivized either way, right? If, if we can get something done in a week, um, that's better than it taking two weeks and getting the same outcome, right? So we're able to get this thing done, uh, do the design phase, and then have a really good idea of what's it going to take and what are we after for a development phase, um, which we ultimately will scope out, look at how many weeks it's going to take us, how many people we're going to have to resource on this thing, um, and then put that in front of the client and we get to go. Yeah, so we stopped looking at it. I mean, we still know what our project plan is. We know what the tasks that have to happen are. But we don't necessarily go in and assign, you know, an hour and a half to this task, two hours to that task. We we can look at it in bigger chunks, and we think of it in terms of days, man days to get it done. Um, often it, it turns into weeks because the projects are large enough that we can look at it that way. And that way we can price it based on that. Um, and you might think, okay, well, that still sounds like you're tracking time. Uh, but really we're not. We're tracking against the calendar. So we've given a price. Um, let's let's just give an example. Let's you know, we gave uh, fifteen thousand dollars to to do this report, and it's going to take two weeks to do it. Um, now we're tracking against finishing the project in that two weeks, not in some amount of hours. And if we can finish that project in less than that, 
that's great for us because we're potentially more profitable there because um, we didn't have to pay for those extra days of labor. Um, it's also better for the client because they're paying the same price and it's coming in early. At the same time, if the project goes late, well, that's not as good for us. It's costing us more. We're not going to make as much profit. We might not make any profit. For the client, it's not as good because it, it goes a little longer, but they don't pay any more for it. So it really seems to much better align our incentives. Our incentive is to get this thing done in a good way, completed, um, on time. And so, and, and the same for the client. It's just good for them as well. Yeah. And you contrast that with time materials. You look at, you know, let's say it takes longer than the two weeks. The client's probably paying for that. So now it's delayed and they have to pay more. That sucks. Yeah. It's funny because I never thought about it until we started thinking in terms of fixed pricing, but it almost seems like that's unethical. No, it's horrible. Right. Yeah. It makes me really question uh, other service providers that charge us time and materials now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> right. it's funny. So, so for the client, you've got increased predictability. I mean, you know what it's going to cost. We've committed to a timeline. You know our incentive is to get get it done within that timeline. We're focused on a, a, a specific set of deliverables that we've des- done a design phase to, um, to, to figure out exactly what that scope is. Um, and so we, we deliver the concrete deliverables in that time for that price. It just, it, it gets rid of the scope creep. It goes from discrete project to next discrete project much more quickly. It helps with adoption within the, the client's company. It just, it's good for everybody. There's additional benefits if you're a service provider. Uh, to doing this uh, as the service provider. I mean, a big one for us is it removed a lot of internal overhead and inefficiency. So you gave an example where you're working on a task, you're an engineer, you've only got two hours left in the estimated budget, you think it's going to take longer than that. Well, typically what would happen is the engineer would stop work and go talk to the project manager and maybe shift some budgeted time from a different task over, or maybe decide, you know what, we better talk to the client before we proceed because it looks like we are going to go over on this. And and it was our policy not to go over on estimates without getting a change order in place because we didn't want to surprise people with that. Hugely inefficient. So now we might have an engineer who's just not working on something for a day and a half while we get that solved. Also, uh, it really focuses us on delivering a quality end product because uh, you know, we guarantee when, when the project's done that we're going to make it right based on our design. So if we deliver, we think we're done and the client comes back and says, you know, this isn't quite what we talked about in the design. Okay, we're going to do that work. So we focus really hard on getting the design right and then really hard on making sure we deliver that quality end product. And I can tell you for engineers, it's sort of changed the way they think about it. They're not just trying to beat that that estimated budget on tasks, they're trying to deliver a really quality end product, no matter how many hours it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the collaboration around our office has just gone through the roof once we got rid of hourly billing. I mean, people people don't feel like they can't go get help from their colleague or from their supervisor because that introduces a whole new list of questions like, where do we log this time? Who logs it? Do we both log it? What if we go over budget because we both logged it? Do we write off only one person's hours? Do we write off both? I mean, it's like, it just gets rid of all of that. So now people are like, yeah, I need help. I'm just going to go grab help from somebody. Yeah. Or we're going to collaborate on this or whatever. And the, the, the mood around the office and the energy has just been much better. 
Yeah. I can tell you one of my concerns as we were contemplating this is that we would maybe have difficulty aligning with clients around scope and is it done and so on. I've found the opposite. The clients that we work with love the fact that they know what it's going to cost and they know when it's going to be done. And we haven't had any of that that I can think of. Yeah, no, we haven't. And I think that speaks to just the flexibility that you were talking about. Like you, you just kind of are able to just focus on the end product and we're not so strict about only the deliverables that, you know, within reason and we like to work with reasonable clients. Um, but we're also not going to be like, Oh, you know, that's technically not in the SOW. So we're not going to do it. Um, what you were incentivized to do under time materials, because where are you going to get the budget? You gotta, you gotta approve more hours if you want us to do that. It's like, no, you need this little thing. Sure. No problem. We'll do, make that happen for you. Right. And we just, the team might work a little late that night and get it done. Okay. Mm-hmm. If it's still within the, uh, the, the, uh, original schedule of the project, fine. And we've seen that happen. Right. And it, and it also allows us the flexibility to, even if it, let's say it goes over a day, you know, just show some good faith for our, for our partners. You know, we value the relationships we have with our partners and, you know, we're not going to nickel and dime people. Yeah. And, uh, and on the opposite side, I find our clients are uh, very reasonable and understanding. It's It's been so great. It's it's actually built stronger relationships because you don't sort of have this weird misaligned incentive between you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those change orders that cost the client more money, those can really build some real resentment. Oh, and, and think about, you know, sending out a, a bill. Someone called up and needed a, a little change to something we did and took an hour and a half and the client gets a bill for, you know, you know, $200 or whatever, it's almost not worth their time processing the payment. Yeah. And it's not really our, worth our time processing the invoice. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's another benefit that comes from this, which is that the efficient delivery that results improves client adoption of the BI tools that we're building, the reports and so on, because it sort of keeps momentum. Whereas under time of materials, it was so common for scope to change. And so projects could drag on and and a tool that would have been useful uh, and had impact and delivered ROI if it had been delivered originally in the original scope now is being delayed by this extra scope being tacked on and the change orders. And that that doesn't happen now. Right. If if you get a stakeholder that just wants to iterate and iterate and iterate, that report may never see the light of day. We have, we've we actually had one of those not too long ago, back in our time of material days where uh, we just iterated like crazy. And some clients don't really pay much attention to their bills. You know, somebody else pays them and all of a sudden this report costs you a hundred thousand dollars. That doesn't that's not very fun for anybody. No, definitely not. And it's not to say that you can't iterate, but usually what happens now is we we deliver, we agree with the client, we sign off, the project's done, they use it, they realize there's changes they want to make. They they now wait until they've got sort of a project's worth of changes to make. And so they're not just sort of iterating every week and confusing users and causing all of those adoption, potential adoption issues. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we've probably belabored this longer than we needed to. <laughs> I, I just, it, it's been such a, an eye-opening and really a, kind of a delightful experience for me. Um, you know, you you came to me when we first started thinking about this and said, I've, I've seen the light, I can't unsee it. That happened for me shortly afterwards. 
And uh, it's true. I would never go back to time and materials. There, are, there may be some cases where we're doing some ad hoc support here and there where we do that. But for project work, I just wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. And it just it there's so many benefits to it. It's crazy. And it's just logically better, you know, and I, I don't know if we can say this or not, but I think if you enjoyed this conversation, you should definitely check out Jonathan Stark. His whole mission is to rid the world of hourly billing, a big inspiration for us moving yeah. into uh, fixed pricing. In fact, I'll, I'll link to his stuff uh, here in the, in the show notes. Yeah. His, uh, as, as Caleb said, he he's passionate about eliminating time and materials and, uh, and has helped us. Actually, we don't know him, but we've just studied his materials, helped us a lot in how to think about it. And actually to get the courage to make the change because it was a little scary because it's a fundamental shift for our business. Yeah. Yeah. And his real target is, you know, he does some stuff with, with firms, with employees and stuff, but it's really soloists. And so we kind of had to bridge the gap a little bit to see how it's going to work for us. Yeah. But big help nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's a, it is a little different when you're 35 people versus one person, but the concepts still apply. Mm-hmm. All right, let's wrap up. Thanks, Caleb. This has been a good discussion. I've I've enjoyed getting this out. Yeah, thank you. All right.